You know what I love about what just happened? This fool soul is testifying to how good God is. And over the last few weeks, um, we've had this theme of testimony, sharing your testimony. And I hope that you've been encouraged. I hope that you've been inspired. I hope that you're being stirred and challenged and, and realizing that the opportunity to share testimony to testify about who God is and what he's done, that that's going to start to spark things for you. And I I wanted to ask, who this week has been prayerfully asking God for entree points, for entry points? A couple of people down the back. I uh, I actually heard of one yesterday where my man Paul down here was asked to speak at a a funeral yesterday for a, a beautiful man called Grant. And uh, Paul came over after the, the celebration or the celebration of his life. And, and he said, man, I, I realized that when they asked me to speak, it was an, an entree, an entry point. And then I heard this morning from two other people how powerful it was that Paul was able to share the gospel. So well done, Paul. And, um, and thank you, God, for opportunities to share the gospel to share scripture, to testify of his goodness. And, you know, I've heard a lot of times over the years that people say, I don't have a testimony. I don't have a testimony. And um, I've been thinking about the very fact that the Bible is literally a book of testimonies. Testimonies of how good God is. And if you look at Psalm 119, verse 111... It says this, I have inherited your testimonies forever, for they are the joy of my heart. King James says, thy testimonies have I taken an inheritance forever. I like the other one because it makes more sense to my mind, but I have inherited your testimonies forever. And this is, we've been grafted in, right? When we've received Jesus, 2 Corinthians says, Therefore, anyone who is in Christ, this person is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, the new things have come. You've been grafted in to his story. And now his story is your story. And the scriptures, the testimonies that testify about who God is, how God operates, that's now your story. If you want to look at how we've been grafted in and what we've been grafted in for, have a look at Romans chapter 11. I've been sitting in that and it's, it's encouraging, man. And we were thinking, Mel and I were talking about it last night, how through Exodus, Exodus 12, 7 and 12 verse 13, talks about how the people of God were instructed to put blood on their doorposts as a sign of their faith, a sign of their belief. It's a mark of faith by the blood. And we've just taken those beautiful emblems of the blood. And like last week I shared that, you know, God's giving us entry points, entree points. I'll finish this with with this. John 10 verse 7. Jesus says, I am the door. Remember I spoke about the gate being an entry point and that was the whole beginning of this beautiful opportunity to serve um, while we were in Tahiti. Jesus says this, he says, 
Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All those who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. So I want to encourage us. This is your story. If you have received by faith that you are grafted into his story, then you have a testimony. And I, I've had people come to me in the last few weeks and say, hey, I don't know if I could share my testimony because I don't have a song as beautiful as Celsius. <laughs> or I'm not as articulate as Larissa was. And I think the point is that we're so uniquely different and each testimony is different. And the two testimonies we're going to hear this morning are going to be different. But it's the power of God in your testimony, your story. And um, man, I'm believing that us as a people are going to have opportunities each day over the next few weeks, next few months, next few years. If we're tuning into the Spirit of God, then you'll know when it's the right time to be able to share your testimony. And my testimony, the core of it doesn't change, but the way I deliver it changes depending on a person. And I'm often just going, God, what's the question I need to ask? What's the, what's the thing that I need to emphasize that is really going to um, impact this person? What's the entry point? So with that in mind, I want to invite up Brian Hall. And uh, here he is. Give him a round of applause. I had the privilege of going and hanging out with Brian and Anita this week and hearing the rich history of his family from Gisborne. And so I thought, maybe, could you start with that? What's, what's your family like? Well, my first, uh, first of all, the first family that I involved with was my great-grandfather who arrived in Gisborne in the, on a boat in 1886. So uh, we've got a lot of history. And then it goes back also to my grandfather then who... Uh, had a lot of goings in, on around uh, Gisborne and then Auckland. Uh, he built houses and everywhere like that. He was a carpenter joiner. And um, yeah, so that's where he was. And uh, so the problem is that when I look at his Christian life and all the rest of it, because our family was fairly strict in Christian uh, upbringing. And uh, my grandfather lived with us for a certain while after he'd built a bedroom for himself on my dad's house. Um, we lived at number 14 Murphy Road, uh, just down the road here, uh, from when I was eight until I got married in 21. Um, so I know Wainui, and uh, there's a little house along here at number 24. And my grandfather and all the elders of the church and the builders and all the rest of it built that church and that was the St. David's Presbyterian Wainui Church. Um, there was also an Anglican church just around the corner uh, by the motels. But anyway, that, that's great. Um, but when we were growing up and my grandfather was there, we were not allowed to play with a ball outside on a Sunday. We couldn't do anything like that. We weren't allowed to do any boisterous things whatsoever. And then he shifted and went up to my uncle, built up one of my uncle's houses along in Leisner Street. And I thought, thank goodness. 
And, I, and, and of course, we could silently get out there and kick a ball around on the front lawn. <laughs> so that, that was great. But we learned and we learned and learned. Faith for you, faith for you was very strict, and and I remember you saying it's it very religious, yeah. and yet you've come from such a strong family line. So, how did that equate to your own personal faith? Well, it, it was great, uh, and I and I took on board. I ended up being uh, in St David's um, uh, board of managers, and then I was given the chance of being an elder there. Um, and, uh, all right, sorry, uh, yeah, not used to this. <laughs> yeah, and it's normally a hammer or a, uh, a pipe, a pipe vice or something like that. And, but anyway, yes, we uh, we carried on, and um, Anita and I met met Anita when she was about sixteen, and and I was seventeen, and uh, um, and then we kept going uh, with each other for decided to get married, and and in. Uh, um, <laughs> when I was 21. <laughs> yeah, yes, I did. 17th of February it was. Yeah. So uh, anyway, it was great. And uh, we, we've been able to bring up a family and of three boys. And uh, we ended up um, with them getting married later on in life. And they were all Christian kids, you know. It was absolutely fantastic to see and with the help of Anita prodding me along with everything, it was, we had a, we've had a great life. Um, I started business, uh, and the thing is that I realized then that uh, you are not born into being a Christian, even though you get taught by your parents. Uh, you've got to do it yourself, and you've got to say it at one stage. And uh, when I had a business, it was a plumbing and drainage business, and that was great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'm still enjoying it now, uh, even though I've handed it on to Michael, my son, the oldest son. Um, that's uh, and he's got three grandson. He's got three sons, which are my grandsons, and they're all plumbers and gas fitters and drain layers. So that, that's going to continue for quite a while. Um, uh, Jason, my bro uh, my uh, middle son, he he was a gas fitter, so that was great. And my other son in in Taranaki, he was a a, a joiner. So. so it's very clear that within this whole family, it's a strong faith line and also strong with uh, the trade. And um, why don't you share with us how being a business owner in a kingdom of God context, what, what opportunities came about for you? Oh, thanks. Yes. The first opportunity that we had that the Anastasis arrived in Gisborne was bought, it was at the wharf down in Gisborne. And I thought, well, I wonder whether I'd ever have an opportunity of getting on board. And so I went on board and asked the, the, the boss guy there whether he would want us to do any, any work. Is there any work that you want us to do while you're here in port? And he said, well, we, we're actually leaving tomorrow and going to Auckland. Um, and he said, look, we've got to get someone to clean the boiler tubes out. And I thought, oh, heck, this is a, this is a job. Um, anyway, so we arranged to be up in Auckland. I drove up there, and we used uh, Leo, um, who was, Leo Locker was a, uh, my apprentice. And uh, anyway, I said, would you like to come with me? Yes. So I took him up there, and we spent two days 
on the Auckland waterfront um, doing our first mission job and, and cleaning a dirty old boiler. Uh, it was a great opportunity of sharing and giving something away and I think that's one of the things that have been in my life. From then on, I've actually done now another eight mission trips. Um, we went to, um, hang on, I'll just have to get my book out, just to remember. Um, so the, the first one was on the Anastasis, and then we got in, I got involved with the New Hebrides Association, which was, um, they were going a mission to New Hebrides, or Vanuatu it is, as it is now. And so I got involved with about uh, 40, 30 or 40 other people, and uh, we went over there to do, to do work on some of the houses and buildings and everything. So I was able to uh, take my trade. The fact that I, was, uh, I had my own business gave me the freedom to go while I had other people looking after. And Rob was one of my, um, my plumbers as well. So uh, he was one of the, one of the team, um, you know, that was able to stay behind and do things. Um, so that was good. I then went to after after Vanuatu. I we did two. I did two trips to Tonga. Um, Kelvin Tyler, the chemist, he wanted me to go over and help do some plumbing work on the on the uh, chemist shop and and to do work on the house that I'm working in. So that was great. And then we went to Fiji and uh, I had uh, three trips to Fiji. Uh, and uh, we were with the Mangapapa Church at that stage, and we took a team of builders over there to build a, um, a shop and come office. And that was fantastic, because we had all the skills. We had a builder and a, a couple of uh, plumbers and, and all the rest of it, and a lot of handymen. We were building concrete block and so on. And uh, anyway, I had one big deal that I... Have we got time? <laughs> running out of time. Anyway, one of the trip, the next trip was um, we went over to uh, in the Vanuatu trip. I my job was to go over to an Anglican school, and uh, through consultation that I had with the the headmaster, he said there's a whole lot of things where all we need to get water going on all these other places, and so I went down to Mike um, J S Allen's and I said to Derek would you be able to help me with uh, a whole lot of pipe fittings? And um, so he gave me 24 of these and 10 of these and three lengths of screwed brass that I could cut off and make nipples out of it and all the rest of it, a big bag full of other goodies and everything. So I went over there and I was there for three weeks. And uh, when, we, when I came back, or well, the last day, um, I ran out of stuff to do. And then I looked, I finished. There's no more. All the jobs have been done. So I was really thankful for that. I think he's speeding his story up. I'll, I'll just relay what he shared with me this week. He said that he, um, he called the principal in the school, and the principal said, here is all the things that I need you to do. And so he sort of put together his list of equipment and tools and um, bits and pieces. I'm not a plumber, but the bits and pieces that he needed for the jobs that he heard about. The day he arrives, the principal comes out and says, hey, so I've got a whole bunch of extra jobs that I didn't tell you about. Can you start with those? And praise the Lord, because Brian had just ordered all of these things, and I think probably by faith, and he had exactly the right amount 
of joiners, of corners, of pipe, the right length. And he's, he's joining the water between all of their facilities and their buildings. And for you, I remember, you, you just said it was such a, it was like that last line of the song, just so in awe of God that he cares even about how many fittings he's going to take from Gisborne over to Vanuatu to be able to finish the job. Why don't you expand it? I'll just expand on this last, the first job that I had to do. The te- this headmaster came out and he said, look, he said, we've got to get some water from down at the pipeline there and take it way up here to this new house that we're building. Can you get some water up there? I said, yes. Uh, the pipe's over at the shed over there. And uh, so I went and had a look at the pipe and it was in inch galvanised pipe. And there was about eight or ten lengths of it. And they all had sockets on it, thank goodness. And I, and I had a tea that I'd taken, just in case. And anyway, I went to this, the, um, the gardener and I said, have you got a tractor? Yes. Have you got a blade that goes on the back of it? Yes. Can you go and put the blade on? Um, we're going to... Uh, or before that, uh, the headmaster said, uh, at 10 o'clock I'll, I'll come down and see how you're getting on and... I'll get the school teacher, school kids to come and dig a trench to put the pipe in. I said, oh, okay. Anyway, at, uh, half, at quarter to eight, he arrived, this, the gardener arrived, and, and I said, can you tip the blade on an angle? And I said, yeah, righto. Now drive straight up the hill here like that, right up the top of that. And as he was going, it was furrowing the dirt out to one side. And I said, right, now turn around on the other side and go back down the other side. Just drop it down a little bit deeper. So we went down there and the thing ended up about that deep, which was perfect for the water pipe. So while he was coming back there, I was getting the pipe and fitting it into the trench and screwing it all up. And by the time he'd got down to the end, these eight lengths of pipe were all in. And uh, I managed to turn some water on and get to clear out all the, all the muck out of the end of it. I said, right, now turn the blade over and come in on an angle and just scoop all that stuff that's on the side into the trench. And now turn around and come down the other side like that. And when you'd finished that, and this guy was a, a knee Vanuatu, that's what you call them. They, they want, wasn't, wasn't Vanuatuan, he was a knee Vanuatu. Um, anyway, he came, his smile on his face that he could see what he was doing. It was absolutely magic. And I said, now, when you're finished, just drive your big wheel on the tractor up the centre of the trench. So he drove over the top of it, and all the grass had come back on the top, and it was, you couldn't even tell that it was there. Anyway, the headmaster was shocked when he came over, and he said, now, where do you want this trench? <laughs> I said, it's in. <laughs> finished. How good. And I don't think we need to be plumbers to recognise that, man, God, he, he is so involved in your world and he wants to be more involved in your world and the things that you're wired for the things that you're gifted in the things that you love to do and the things that you think about like putting a blade on the back of a tractor and teaching them a whole new way to dig things like that that is an entry point to be able to bless people and demonstrate the kingdom of God through deed and through works and so is there, is there one last thing you want to leave us with or maybe just encourage us with? Tiredness as well got re- really got to me. And we started at 7 o'clock in the morning and, and 
at lunchtime at 12 o'clock we had to go up when they knocked off and I was living with two uh, female school teachers up there. Anyway, I got up on the third day and I said, gee, I'm really tired. And, uh, she, and, I, and I'd said to her before, the day before, I said, it's amazing that why do they knock off at uh, 12 o'clock and they only start again at 2 o'clock because they've got to have a rest in the day. And I didn't want to, and I carried on for the first two days. <laughs> um, and then I cut, on the third day when I went back there, gee, I'm tired. I said, well, just go and have a sleep, you know, while we make your lunch, you know. They came in and woke me up at five o'clock and said, <laughs> goodbye. And so it's important to rest as well. Hey, why don't we give a big round of applause. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it.